Good morning, everyone. Isn't it great to be in the house this morning? This is where joy happens. This is where breakthrough happens. I'm excited about what God is already up to this morning. So as many of you know that Dan and I have two daughters, Amy, who's eight, and Jessica, who's four. They keep us on our toes for sure. But one of the things that they're into is singing and dancing. So our lounge turns into the stage and they sing and they dance their little hearts out. So this year we thought we'd let them watch X Factor. And so we record it and we watch it in the week and they absolutely love it. First of all, they're like, is that church, mum? The worship, the band, is that church? We're like, no, this is X Factor. We explain to them what it's like. And we're watching it a few weeks ago and there was a moment on X Factor. This lady stood on the stage. You couldn't see her eyes because of the special headgear that she had on. But her name was Janice Robinson, 50 years old. And she's an American singer who was part of a band back in the 90s called Live in Joy. And she sang a song called Dreamer. I'm a dreamer. And there was a real moment. She belted it out on the stage. It was absolutely fantastic. And it sounded just as good as it did 23 years ago. And there was a moment one of the judges, Robbie Williams, you're probably familiar with him, he said, wow, you just transported me back there. You took me back to an era there. And the same thing happened for Dan and I, because that took us back to an era. But before I tell you about that era, I think we need to have a little bit of the song just to get us in the groove this morning. Okay, so some of you may never have heard of this. Some of you may like this or loathe this, but this is Dreamer. nostalgia for Dan and I. It was one of the songs that we were so into back in the day when we used to grace many of the establishments around Colchester Town. And what you probably don't know is that all the dance moves that Io has, I taught him everything he knew. Because before the floss was the floss, I knew that. But Theresa May taught me some of her dance moves in the, um, in the recent years, so I've gone a little bit off the ball with them. But I can do them. But we used to love that song. We used to drive around in Dan's white Ford Orion with the Go Faster brown stripe that really belonged to his mum, but we didn't tell anyone that because it was cooler to think you had your own wheels. And we used to belt that song out as we were driving down the high street. It was our song. So we're watching X Factor with the girls and the song comes on. And so we're like, yeah, me and Dan are up there. They're just like, that's weird. That's weird. Sit down, mum and dad. But it brought back a moment. But not only that, who knows that God speaks to you supernaturally in the natural. Because I'm watching that as a show, as X Factor. But God dropped something into my spirit when I saw it. That woman stand on the stage, wants to give it a go again, her dream of singing. 23 years later, God spoke to my heart and said, where are my dreamers gone? Where have my dreamers gone? Because there's many of us in church today who are Christians, who are following God, who know who he is and are living, but we've lost our dream, that we're not living joy in a fact, that we've lost the dream, that somewhere along the way, life has got in, busyness has happened, and that dream that we had maybe many years ago, we're not living the dream, that we've forgotten about the dream, 
It's faded into the background. You know, that business idea that you had and you thought, do you know what, if only if I just stepped out in that, something would happen. But over the years, the dream's been pushed down. All that hope for that relationship. And you look at your life now and you think, I'm not in that relationship yet. And maybe it's just faded out, the dream. But I came here today because just as that woman stood on the stage and said, give me a second chance. And she got four yeses, by the way. I want to revive some dreams in God's people this morning. I want to pray revival to those dreams that somehow, because of life, have got stuck down somewhere here. But God says, I want you to dream again. God-given dreams, perhaps prophecies from years ago that you're like, I haven't seen that come to pass in my life yet. But I knew it was a word from you, God, that dreams would be revived this morning, that life would pour out of those dreams again to say, go again. Because sometimes we've got to go again with our dream. And I want to look at this in, in the life of Jacob. And many of us will know the story of Jacob. But Jacob was this man who had lots of ups and downs and struggles in his life because he wanted to be blessed. He wanted to live the dream. He wanted to push through some stuff. But it left a lot of chaos along the way, but a lot of breakthrough on the other side. And Jacob was a twin. He was um, him and Esau. Not pro prophesying over there, Pete and M, twins on the way. But Jacob and Esau, and when they came out of their mother, um, Jacob was clinging to Esau's heel because he was that desperate to be first. Have we got any brothers and sisters like that? So desperate to be ahead of the others. And he was a trickster. He tricked his brother out of his birthright and out of the blessing of the father. And he did this with a bowl of soup. Many of us are probably familiar with the story. Esau was a red hairy man, the Bible tells us. And he worked the field and worked the land. He was a grafter. And he came home one day absolutely starving. And there's this lovely pot of stew on the hob, on the arger, boiling away. And he couldn't resist having it. He was like, I am so famished, I'm going to die. Any man in, men in the house that say that, I'm so hungry, I need food. And he gave away his birthright willingly to his brother for a pot of stew. And then Jacob tricked Esau out of the blessing of the father. His father's eyes were quite dim. And he dressed up as his brother by putting hairy red stuff all over him. And he smelt like the field. And he went into his father. And Jacob, ble um, sorry, Isaac blessed Jacob instead of Esau. And he stole it. That made Esau mad. You know, your brother or your sister goes and steals what's rightly, rightfully yours. It made him mad. And so he had to flee the place that he was in. His mother said, you better go because Esau's after you. You better run away. And so the trickster who was desperate to be blessed, desperate to live the dream, went on his own way of trying to fulfill that dream and have those things in his life the wrong way because he deceived. But we're going to see what happens in his story. He had to flee to his uncle Laban's house in Haran. He stopped for the night exhausted, probably a bit ashamed of himself, probably feeling like, is God ever going to bless me? I've stolen the blessing, I've stolen the birthright, I'm jealous of my brother, and I find myself in the desert, in a place of loneliness, in a place of tiredness, in a place of, I just want to give up on this. But there was still a dream to be had for Jacob. And he laid his head down on a rock to rest in the desert, in the hard place. And this is what happened in Genesis 28, verses 10 to 17. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went to Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. And he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed. And behold, a ladder was set up on the earth. And its top reached to heaven, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, 
I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I've spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. And he was afraid and he said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. In his desperation, he lay down to sleep and God gave him this amazing vision of heaven. He opened up the heavens so Jacob would literally see heaven to earth and he would see God giving him a promise. You know, the promise there in those verses that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I've done what I've spoken to you. He was given a dream and a promise that greatness would come out of his line, out of his seed to his descendants. They would spread out to the north, the south, the east and the west. That there would be good things for Jacob, the deceiver, the wrongdoer. That God would bring him to this place, that greatness would come out of his life. And he needed to trust God in that. It was an amazing picture of heaven, of opening up and seeing this ladder extended from earth until heaven and angels ascending and descending. And when you read it, you see the angels ascended and descended. They were already here on earth. You know, God wants to open our eyes today to the supernatural that is all around us, that we have the full weight of heaven behind us. And yet sometimes we get in this rut of living day to day in the natural, but God is saying, open your eyes, church, to the supernatural. Open your eyes to the provision and the help that I've given you, that I've given you an open heaven over your life. And all you need to do is open up to see beyond where you're seeing now, to see all of heaven on your side. And this ladder came down. And you know, Dan has run a very successful business, a window cleaning business for the last 20 years. So I'm used to ladders. We have got double ladders, single ladders, triple ladders. We've got ladders that weigh 50 kilos that he lifts up like this and ladders that are lightweight I can pick up. We have an array of ladders, so I'm used to them. Although, as many of you know, I don't like to climb them because I'm not that good on heights. In fact, one day in the garden, Dan said to me, go on, see how far you could get up the ladder. Four runs. <laughs> It was enough for me. There he is, standing about 30 foot up, waving from the top of the point of our roof, because he's Spider Dan, we call him. He can climb up these ladders and all over the place. But ladders resonate with me, because I'm used to them. They're all around our garage and our garden. I am used to ladders. But I'm like, why did God show Jacob the ladder? Because that talks of, you know, that, that we'd need a ladder to get to heaven. But heaven doesn't need a ladder to get to us. But it's a bridge between heaven and earth. And God is showing us that we sometimes need to work at our dream. There are runs on the ladder that need climbing. There is a place that we need to step into to see the fulfillment of our hopes and our dreams and our vision that God has given us. And we need the ladder to do it because we're earthly people. But when we start to live with heaven in mind, we bring heaven down to earth. And he showed us that the angels ascend and descend. Do you think they need a ladder? They've got wings. But he's showing us the practicality of it that as you step up and as you work at your dream and you push through your vision to see your breakthrough you're going to work there's some work involved and we can bridge the gap between heaven and earth for, for us to see more of heaven guys for us to open our eyes and what I particularly love is that in that place Jacob said 
surely God is in this place. And he was afraid, but he wasn't afraid like scared. He was afraid in the awesome presence of God that we'd get the reverence back of our God church. That he was like, wow, in the presence of God, this must be the portal of heaven. This must be heaven on earth. And there was that awe and that bowing down in the presence of God. We need to get that back, church. We need to know the power of our almighty God. All authority and power has been given to us through Jesus. We need to see the power of heaven on earth. There's process in our dreams. There's process. Jacob came from Beersheba, which meant a place of well of the oath, well of seven. It was a blessed land, a blessed place. It's where Abraham had dug a well. It was a land of promises and blessing and breakthrough. It was a good land. Do you know, lots of names in the Bible of places and people are so significant when you look behind the name. And God always names people with significance. And so he'd come from a place of blessing and he was going to Haran. And that means mountainous place. That means there's a climb involved. And we don't like that in our dreams, do we? Because we want it to be easy, don't we? I have a dream and I will go for it and it'll be easy. But the truth is we have to work at it. We've got to get on that ladder. After a day's work, Dan has done about 20-step Reebok classes. His calves ache. But it's work. And you put the work in for the reward of the dream. This mountainous place would be a different terrain to what Jacob was used to. He'd have to climb a bit. He'd have to step over a few things. But if he pressed on and believed that promise of God... I am with you. Your descendants will be multiplied on the earth. I will keep you wherever you go. I will bring you back to your land. And I will not leave you until it is done. That's a promise to us, church. God is with us. He will not lead us and leave us until it is done. He will complete the work he has started in us. The dreams will be fulfilled. So I want to speak to my dreamers today. Can you dream again with that boldness and faith to know that there is promise on the other side of those dreams? Work at the dream. When you work at the dream, you manifest heavenly things in earthly places. Because people will look at your life and say, but only God could have done that. Only God could have helped you achieve your dreams. We can see heaven's fingerprint on your dreams. What Jacob did after his amazing encounter of seeing heaven open up before him, of seeing the promises of God, of feeling like, wow, I'm not going to just be the deceiver. I have got something for myself and for my descendants and my family. He did something significant in Genesis 28, verse 18. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he'd put at his head and he set up as a pillar and he poured oil on top of it. It's like he got the stone that he was lying down. He set it up and he put it in the ground. It was like a pillar. God has met me here. God has given me a promise here. God has given me the dream here. God has spoken a word and a prophecy in my life here. And then he anointed it with oil. He anointed it. He consecrated it. You know, sometimes God gives us a dream that other people can't yet handle. And it's important to keep that dream so that you don't tell everyone and everyone about it. I'm going to be this, that and the other. Then you get opinion and then you get pushing on your dream and then you think, is it ever going to happen? It's important to anoint that dream, to share it with your nearest and dearest, to be with people that will champion you. But anoint that place that God has spoken to you. Because for many of us, God has spoken to us some words years ago and we haven't seen it yet. And the opinion of people is, oh, well, wishful thinking. No, no, if my God said it. It's going to happen because that's the promises of God. So stick that stone in the sand. Make that anointed place and say, I'm going to push for this. And there is a hill and there is a ladder and there is some work to be done. But on the other side of that, we will see dreams fulfilled because there is process. We activate the dream. What are you doing about your dream? 
that thing maybe from 20 years ago, maybe longer, maybe from last week. What are you doing with that dream? Anoint it. Take on that word and promise and work at it. There's a process. I'm going to share with you a story of part of the process of Dan and I of this year. As I said, he's got a, a successful window cleaning business, 20 years. Your pastor used to be involved in that and your elder and their other brother. It's a family business and it, it's grown and grown and God has really blessed it. But we came to the point of we just knew it needed to grow a bit more. We knew we had to step out into something more. We had lots of prayer and visions and words over the business, and so we wanted to step out. And who knows, when you step out of what you're comfortable with and you know it's hard to step onto a different terrain because you're going a bit out into the unknown. So we started the process of pursuing the business to create it, make a larger business. And we had the opportunity to buy another round with a van, with the reach and wash system, which is a great big pole. I could do that, no ladders, amen. <laughs> And we started the process of this. So financially, we invested a lot of money in it, a lot of time. We then had two rounds that were very big rounds, a lot of significant work that we had to then get some other people to work. And I want to tell you now and stand here and say, and we had the dream and it's amazing and God bless it now. But the dream turned into a nightmare. And that is the truth of it. Because we're on a process. God was teaching us some stuff through the dream. But I could probably sit and give you a, you know, 20-hour seminar on what happened and what I would have changed if we've done it again. But because we have limited time, what happened was basically probably a people issue of who worked. We were stolen from. We were literally robbed a lot of cash. And we were lied about. Um, equipment, uh, vans were smashed up, equipment was stolen and ruined. We had many customer complaints. Dan was sorting out one side of the business here and then till very late at night sorting that side of the business out. It was just this ongoing thing of what's going to almost happen today. But during it all, I want to tell you something that God did. Because throughout all the hardship of it, when the dream had turned into a nightmare, when we were like, what else is going to happen now? God was still there because his promises are always yes and amen. That he was still with us and he helped us through that. Because do you know what? When we pray and we seek God and when we're anchored in our faith and we are believing God for the breakthrough and we're standing on his word, when opposition comes, we get our warfare up. When opposition comes, we get our praise up. You know, there were times when we'd have that phone call after that phone call, and we thought, what other phone call are we going to get? That we used to just crack up laughing because we're like, what else can happen? But because we know in our faith is anchored in it, that God is in control and not us, we were able to trust him. We were able to use the probably decisions that we made that were bad, the, the people decisions that we made. God has taught us a lot through all of that. And the truth is that now we're still in that process, but God has brought us another person to work alongside who is trustworthy who is faithful who's a grafter who is really helping us and he's not here today but he's David he's part of this church and pray for that man because there's going to be greatness on his life but he's come alongside and he's turning things around we're not there yet but God is turning things around in the process of it there was one month when you know what it's like you get that month don't you when everything comes out of your bank account it's like what happened here every bill is due everything happens we bought the round it was tight 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 there was a lot of prayer that went up of God we can't do this in our own strength we need you to make our ends meet and you know a family friend a great lady called Joan heard of our plight we didn't even know she knew about our situation and she felt prompted by God to send us a check so she wrote out a check of a substantial amount of money to bless us. And she sent this check to us. But the check got delayed because it went by accident to our old address. 
She had one of those old address books. She wasn't on her iPhone. She didn't know the right address. So it got sent to her old address. And the person at the old address didn't know our forwarding address because we've lived here for 13 years. And so they went back to the bank who issued the cheque, who then, a long story around, this cheque went all around the houses and eventually got given to mum and dad and they came and presented this cheque to us. And there was a moment because that cheque came just at the right time of when it would clear, it would change everything in our bank account. We knew on that date that a lot of things were coming out and because of what had happened and the money that was taken, we did not have it. But my God had already got it. But we had prayed and prayed and prayed and it had been on the journey, that check. And it's like our prayer hadn't yet been answered, but God had already answered it, but we didn't know. You see, delay does not mean destiny. When it is delayed, it does not mean this is what your destiny is be like. You might as well throw the towel in. You might as well not pursue this business. Oh, silly you. That's what the enemy wants to say. But already, about a good month before, that check had been sent because God knew the time we'd need it. And it cleared in the account just when we needed it. And the truth is now that God is blessing our finances. God is blessing our business. We're amazed at what he has done and turned around because the dream is still there. And I want to encourage you in that, that whatever the dream, in the business, in the ministry, you might have had setback after setback after setback but keep pushing through if the dream job has turned into the nightmare push through for the next thing push through to the next part because sometimes you have to kiss a few frogs before you meet the prince church that's the truth so keep pushing through god is the god of the turnaround in the process there's two questions that we asked ourselves and i want to ask you today in the process of pursuing your dreams number one are you rooted in faith are you rooted in your faith? When the storms come and the wind blows, when your fall runs up on the ladder and a 40 mile per hour gust comes, are you going to wobble and fall off? Or are you so rooted in, but my God, but my God, but my God. Do you know the word enough that when life comes and shakes you, that your faith is not shaken because you're rooted in God? Get your faith stirred up. Get it, because when times come, you need to say, oh, I'm not going to look to that person or that person or my bank balance. I'm not going to look to things I can rely on in the natural. But supernaturally, God, I know you have my life in the palm of your hand, and I will trust you through the good and the bad times. We're positioned as sons and daughters. All authority and power has been given to us. So when we get shaken, when the wind comes, we can say, no enemy. We can fight back in warfare prayer. I think it's a season for that church. I've said that before, but I think we've got to get our prayer on. We've got to get what rightfully ours. We've got to push through some stuff. We've got to see the breakthrough. Don't be like, oh, that didn't happen. Oh, I'll give up and go and hide in my cave. No, you've got to push for some stuff. And we've got to push. Keep pushing church. The second question is, who's holding your ladder? Because the higher you go, you need footing. The point of our house is about 35 foot, something like that. And Dan gets to clean all the green off the point of our house. It's a yearly job and it looks all lovely. Yeah, I'll give you cards if anybody wants his services at the end of the meeting. Anyway, promote you very, very good, very fast. And he goes to the point of it, but I have to foot the ladder because I had to stand on the bottom run of the ladder, because it's dangerous. Because the higher you go in your dream and the higher you go in your vision, you need someone to foot you. Who are your cheerleaders? Who are the people that are going to foot your dream and say, I'm championing you, because I know we've got them in our life. Because I know when the chips are down, we can say, can you pray? And they don't say yes and don't. They say, yes, we'll pray. And we will support you. And we are there for you. Who is footing your ladder? 
Who have you got that not is, is not going to be jealous about where your ministry takes you or your business? Who are those people going to be like, oh, oh, look, they're more successful. I'm going to jump off the bottom of the ladder so that they fall off. No, we need real people, real people that are trustworthy that can foot us on our ladder. Get footed, get rooted and footed is what I want to tell you today. And then you have to do your part and let God does do his. Because at times when we're going through our trouble this year, you know, there are times when we can't handle it, but God can. When we say, God, we need you. And he can open doors that no one else can open. He can shut doors that no one else can shut. In Revelations 3, 8, I'm going to read this in the message. I've seen what you've done. Now see what I've done. I've opened a door before you that no one can slam shut. You don't have much strength, I know that. You used what you had to keep my word. You didn't deny me when times were rough. And that's the truth of what we went through. You know, you hear of some stories of people going through stuff and it's, oh, it's all God's fault. If only God hadn't done this. No, it's not. It's not God's fault. Get rooted in our faith. Get rooted and knowing that God is for us, so who can be against us? That God will open doors that no one can slam shut. If you've got a dream and a vision and a word on your life, no man, no person, no business, no director, no relationship can shut that on you because God has opened that door that no one else can shut. And we've got to believe that. You will be the person that's positioned in your work that shouldn't have the promotion, but because God has opened the door, you get that promotion. There is favor on our lives. So Jacob, back to his story. He's run away. He's had this amazing vision of open heaven. He's seen God. He's received the word and the promise. But in the natural, he's very scared because his brother Esau is after him with 400 men. It's not bad enough your red, hairy hunk of a brother is after you. He's got 400 mates as well. That's scary. And he's panicking a bit. He's had the word and he's had the promise. And we do that, don't we? We can panic a bit when we haven't seen our dreams realized. And he's waiting for Esau. And he cries out to God and he declares, God, I am a weak man. I have been a deceiver. I have done this, that and the other. But you promised me something. But you've spoken over my life. Will you come through for me? And he does. And it's in an unusual way again because he's back in the desert. He loves being in the desert, doesn't he, Jacob? And he was alone in the desert. There's a, another bit of the story building up to there. But he's alone. He's in a place on his own. And this is what happens in Genesis 32, 24 to 29. Then Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that, he did not prevail against him. He touched the socket of his hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I will not let you go unless you bless me. I want the blessing. Bless me in this place. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you've struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. The place of struggle and wrestle and the fight became the blessed place. He got what we was after. Now, you think about a boxing match. I believe there was a big boxing match last night. It did not last all night. One of them would have failed at that point. But this was a wrestle that went all night. He was wrestling. 
He was pushing through. He was going to get his blessing if that's the last thing he did. And when he pushed through, he came and he met God face to face in that place. And he changed his name from the deceiver to the one who wrestled, the one who fought with God. And I want to say through your wrestle and through your struggle, God is changing your name from pressed down, hard, failure, this, that and the other. And he's pushing you through to the place of blessed dreamer, realized dreams, conqueror, victor. He's pressing us through on the other side of that. But there is a wrestle. Don't give up in the wrestle. Don't flag in the wrestle. But get some fighting. I'm believing for this and I'm pushing through until I see it. He saw heaven's perspective on who he was because God didn't see him as deceiver. He saw him as a conqueror. He saw him as Israel and he renamed him. And then the whole blessing of Abraham, Isaac and Israel come from there. And then he awaits Esau. You know, in our dream, fear comes in. Fear is very real. But we are more than conquerors of fear. And when fear and the enemy gets on and tries to tell you your future, you can say, enough. My future is yes and amen because of the promises of my God. And it's a beautiful picture in in Genesis 33, verse 4, where Jacob is waiting for Esau. He's waiting for this man who's after his blood. But God turns it around, even in that moment. I believe that God went to the heart of Esau. He spoke to him and something changed on the inside of him. Because this is what happened. This is coming up to Jacob. Esau ran to meet him and embraced him. And he fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. The brother who was after your blood, the one you stole for the blessing from, the one who wanted to kill you, then comes and embraces you. God had turned it around. The situation had changed and he came and they became back to where they were, twins, back in that place. God exchanged um, embrace and reconciliation. He turned it around. You know, when you give God your biggest fears about stuff, about your life, about your dreams, he can turn them around. Because when you get them out of the darkness and into the light, he can deal with them. And Matt, would you come and play for me, please? You know, something about your story is... We've all got a story, haven't we? We've all got stuff we've gone through that has been perhaps amazing and stuff that's been really hard. And your story will never match my story because it's your story. But through our story, we want to give God the glory. We want to glorify him. Because I want to tell you through the stuff we've been through, that's one aspect of it, the business that I've told you. But it's going to glorify God. Because no man could have turned that around but only my God. And that's what our lives are about, that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. That we can have a story that will glorify him in our lives. That through the down stuff and the up stuff, through the valleys and the mountains, that he is God and he remains the same. And I want my life to glorify that, to be honoring to God in that reverence of God. I know that this is not about me, but it's about you. And he wants us to tell a story. He wants to let our life, our hopes and our dreams come to the surface this morning. To believe for that breakthrough. To believe for the triumph on the end of sorrow. To believe that we're going to push through to something else. So my question today is, are there any dreamers in the house? Are there any dreams that as I've spoken, you're thinking, yeah, I remember God gave me that dream a while ago, but life has happened. That stuff's got in the way. That I did believe I would do that for God and that would be part of my ministry, but I haven't yet stepped out into it yet. That I did believe for the more of where I'm sat right now. And this is how I didn't see my life, but somehow along the line, things happened. But God says today, but you're still a dreamer. You're my dreamer. That I am with you till the very end. That I want to get out of your life the things that I've placed in you. 
those hopes and dreams. I want to see you go from glory to glory to reflect who I am. He wants to stir up the dreamer again to bring back that moment of nostalgia of, well, that's how it used to be and look where I am now. But it doesn't matter because if you've still got breath in your lungs this morning, you're never too old. You're never too late. It's never at the end. It's always the beginning with God. So I want to speak to those dreams in the hearts of people today. That through the struggle, victory will come. That through the wrestle, God will change your name from under it to over it, from overcomer. So if I could ask you to stand this morning for me. And just in this moment, let's just close our eyes and just focus in on God. And and I just pray that in this message that you've just heard his voice about your dreams. They might have stirred something up. Yeah, I remember that. He told me that back then. And it will stir something today. And I just want to pray with you today. But with every eye closed in this place, uh, is there anyone that would say, do you know, yeah, I've got a dream I haven't yet seen and I want to press for that. Is there anyone here that wants to push through for the more than? Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. Thank you. What we'll pray. Well, Father God, we thank you that you are with us and you're here, Father. We thank you that your word tells us that you never leave us or forsake us that you're with us till the very end. And I want to pray now in this moment, Father, that you would start to revive dreams in the hearts of your people and hopes for their lives, Lord. Where the dream has felt pushed down, when the hope has felt lost, that you would come and breathe your life onto those dreams this morning. That people would start to feel again that there is hope, that there is a pushing again, that there is some work to do, Father, but you're the one that is with us constantly. Father, I pray you'd stir hearts to say that there is more than what I've become because there's more of you in my life this morning and that dreams will be realized, Father. I want to pray for for ministries that are not yet birthed, Lord God, that you'd give people the heart and the passion for that again to step out for you, Lord God, to step out even though it seems scary to know that you'll meet us just where we're at, Father, and that you would revive your dreams in your church this morning, Lord God. You'd fill us with your hope for the future, Lord God, that in you, your promises are yes and amen, and we'd know that, Father, that we'd trust you at your word that you have us till the very end, Lord God, and that our lives will glorify you, Father. I want to pray, Lord God, that you'd get as much glory out of my life and of my brothers' and sisters' lives this morning that you can, Father, to make your name great and known in this town and this nation, Lord God. So we say, Father, dream, dream again, church, that we'd dream again and we'd give you our hopes and dreams. In Jesus' name, amen.